Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. One minute. That's how long I kept you waiting for today's message. Just one minute. I'm not sure what you were thinking in those 60 seconds, but I'm sure it was an uncomfortable 60 seconds unless you... I shouldn't have put the name of the title on there. That was probably a dead giveaway. But it was hard for me to wait that long. I'm like, wow, this really is uncomfortable. I'm not sure what you were thinking. Uh, If you didn't see the title of the sermon, maybe you thought I was on an errand. Bathroom break. Who knows? It happens. Uh, Stop at the water fountain. You know, maybe I forgot my transcript. That's happened before. Uh, You know, maybe, uh, maybe I had to change my mic batteries or something like that. But something was up. You guys were sure of it, weren't you? Something was going on. And maybe your mind even went darker and you thought, what is going on with Pastor Chris? What is happening? Right? Now, I have to apologize to those at Grace Lutheran School because they know my tactics. Because I did this at an earlier chapel um, in Advent about waiting. But I wanted to let you know that after 15 years of service here at Beautiful Savior... I've never been late to a service here at church, right? Never missed a sermon. Normally, don't leave you waiting for a full minute before starting. But I did it to make a point, and that is we don't wait very well. It makes us uncomfortable. We worry easily when things go against our expectation. We become irritated And even angry at delays and inconveniences. And when it comes to waiting on people, well, that's somewhat understandable. I mean, who knows what can happen, right? People are not perfect. They can't always do the things that they promise. Things like illness and fatigue and forgetfulness and busy schedules get in the way. So much gets in the way. And what's more, and maybe even a little bit more concerning, is humans sometimes just don't feel like doing the things that they promise. Whether it's apathy, or whether it's selfishness, or whether it's something more malicious. When it comes to people, who knows how long you might have to wait? And maybe from time to time, you even wait in vain. They don't even show up. And after you experience this time and again with people, time and time again, maybe you just give up. The good news for us is that God is a whole lot different than people. God is a whole lot different than you or me. He has a perfect track record. He always keeps his word, whether that word be one of law or whether that word be one of gospel. He always follows through on what he says, always, again, law or gospel. We should listen to the God because he says what he means. We've been saying that several times. God always follows through on what he says and what he promises. He is reliable above and over all things. We also know, as we discussed last week, he's also almighty. He knows all things. He can do all things. He's not limited by 
anything, right? Everything is possible for him and through him. We also know that by his very nature, God is merciful, he's just, he's loving, he's a good God. So when you encounter things like you did with me this morning, when maybe life doesn't make sense, you're waiting on something, and you get uncomfortable, we often maybe think that the Lord has forgot about us, right? Or that the Lord doesn't care. Or maybe in the worst case scenario that he isn't there at all. And the scriptures demonstrate, hey, we're not alone in this malady. This is historically a problem, even for God's people. Throughout history, God's people have taken matters into their own hands. They've turned to other things. Because again, waiting makes us uncomfortable. It's not a strong suit for most of us. And because we rarely wait well, we really do need God's help. We need God's help to strengthen us and to keep us in faith. And in today's gospel reading, we have two devout people who rely on God's word so that they do not tire of waiting. But rather, they are spending time devoutly where God has promised to be. Praying, hearing God's word, being in the temple. And one of those is Simeon. Don't know how old Simeon was when he saw Jesus. But he had been told, the Spirit had revealed to him, that he would not die before seeing the Lord's uh, Christ with his own eyes. Right? And our text said Simeon was waiting But because he had God's word, because he was devout and read God's word, he wasn't like most Jews who were waiting for an earthly kingdom. He wasn't waiting for that. The scriptures tell us that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And what is that? That is the comfort promised by Isaiah. We remember we talked about this a few weeks ago after Hezekiah's betrayal that God pronounced that the people would go into captivity. And yet these words from the prophet come. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins, more than enough grace to cover all those sins. Simeon saw in the scriptures God's promise of salvation and forgiveness of sins. And he saw it fulfilled in the Christ. And this salvation just wasn't for Jews. We'll get to that. And so when Simeon meets Jesus, Mary and Joseph, he knows that his waiting is over. Yes, the Christ still has a mission to complete, but the promised one is here. And by extension, that means that the promised one will fulfill God's promises. So Simeon doesn't need to see the end result. In faith, he's confident that it's going to happen. And so after he sees Jesus, he proclaims the following. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you've prepared in the presence of Israel. No, 
all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. We have another devout individual, Anna. Likewise, waiting. But what is she waiting for? Redemption. Forgiveness of sins and salvation, just like Simeon. It's a good thing to be devout. It's a good thing to be in God's word. You know what God promises. God's word had revealed to her that salvation, forgiveness of sins is the greatest human need there is. And after she sees Jesus, she can't help but proclaim to anyone who will listen God's fulfillment of all his promises. You know, it could have really been easy for Anna to become bitter. Bitter toward God. It really could have been easy for her. She had only been married seven years before her husband died and lived as a widow for 84 years. Wouldn't it have been easy to become bitter? And as you might expect, being a widow back then presented its challenges. But instead of focusing on what she thought God should be doing for her, she remained confident in the spirit through God's word of God's promise of a savior for her. And now that savior was here. You too need God's word. I too need God's word. Because many times your expectations of God do not fall in line with his promises. Right? So you need that word to enliven you, to strengthen you, to remind you of God and who he is and what he's promised. First of all, as I mentioned, that he has a very good track record. No, scratch that. He has a perfect track record of keeping his word. And not only that, God's word gives us joy, just like it did to Anna and Simeon. Because the arrival of the Christ is your greatest consolation, whether you know it or not. It is your greatest consolation. It is God's comfort meant for you and the assurance that your sins are forgiven and that you have salvation for the sake of Jesus. God's promises are for you, right? It says Israel. What does this mean? Uh, well, again, Simeon, this is for all people. It's for all nations. All nations. That's what it means to be a Gentile. You've got Israel and then you've got the nations. And Israel and then everybody else is a Gentile. And yet, you are part of the true Israel. Because you live in faith towards the one true God. It's interesting because, quite honestly, we live in a time of now and not yet. Most of God's people do. Uh, we have God's promises that have come true and God's promises that are yet to be um, completed without remainder. So we live in the time of now and not yet, right? Anna and Simeon knew there was more to come. They knew that the Christ was here. And unlike them, we have the full picture, the full knowledge, the full details of Christ's ministry and what he did and what he accomplished. We know how he brought consolation to all people. 
He did it through the cross and through his empty tomb. Something that Simeon makes reference to. A sword will pierce your own soul also. Thanks for the pep talk. Rise and fall of many in Israel for a sign that will be opposed. Yes. Cross and empty tomb. Jesus did it by doing all those things that you and I confess in the creeds each and every week. And like Anna and Simeon, we are no longer waiting for Jesus to appear to accomplish salvation through the forgiveness of sins because he's accomplished those things. But we are waiting, aren't we? We're waiting for his visible return. I encourage you, I implore you, I beseech you to receive God's gifts. Because through God's gifts, through God's word, through his sacraments, you can wait well too. You can know God's very nature. That God is merciful, God is just, God's loving. Yes, I said that before. But you can know that he is especially, and some say, only, and I would agree with it, those things in Christ. And Christ has come for you to do those things necessary for your consolation. Take comfort, right? Continue to celebrate Christmas that Christ has come in the flesh. Take comfort and consolation that Christ abides with his church through his word and sacrament, just as he promised. Take confidence that you have received the consolation of Israel and that you are a part of Israel because you have the faith of true Israel. You believe in the one true God. You believe that that one true God promised a savior. And you believe that that one true God delivered. Take consolation that like Simeon, it has been revealed to you that you will see the Christ. Right? Jesus himself promises. We talk about John 14 a lot. I go to prepare a place for you. With what purpose, Jesus? So that where I am, you may be also. Receive God's gifts so that you might wait well. You need God's help. You need God's word. You need God's spirit. You need God's strength. And through these means, you have consolation. Through these means, you have joy. And through these means, you have peace. Right? Even if you don't see the culmination of our Lord's return, um, you die first, is what I mean. Even if Jesus doesn't return until after you die, you have the confidence that Simeon had that you will depart in peace, that God's promises are true, that God has kept his greatest promise, that his word has been fulfilled. That the consolation that is promised is yours now in Christ. Our Lord has never failed on a promise, guys. You don't wait in vain. 
you won't wait forever. He is faithful. He has come. He will surely come again. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.